This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. Always look forward to this time on a Tuesday afternoon to welcome Jan Vermeulen, the editor at My Broadband. Jan, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show once again. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, we, we got to be unpacking quite a few issues this afternoon. That's why I thought I'd cross over earlier to you. Let's start with this cable repair ship to fix South Africa's broken internet, which lands in Cape Town. Sure. Yeah, this is uh, the Leon Thevenin, named for a, uh, a, a French, uh, an important uh, uh, French uh, scientific figure. Uh, and yeah, the, the the cable ship had uh, had to make a pretty lengthy journey from Mombasa on the east coast of the country in near, uh, in Kenya mm-hmm. um, back to Cape Town. So that's a ten day journey. It managed to do it in nine. So obviously it's a nine day journey. But yeah, the, the original um, estimated time of arrival was today, and it, and the ship managed to get back in in uh, double quick time. It got back uh, it got back to South Africa yesterday. Right. And uh, so now it's the resupply, and then it needs to make the trek up the coast, uh, the west coast, uh, three three and a half thousand, three thousand six hundred or so kilometers, locate the break, and then execute the fix. So yes, to to bring everybody up to speed, folks who might not know or or might be lucky enough not to have realized because the services they use aren't impacted, but a uh, what we suspect is an undersea rockfall mm-hmm. um, in the Congo Con- Canyon right. caused a break on the West Africa cable system, WACS, and the South Atlantic 3 cable system, SAT-3. And uh, that has uh, had knock-on effects, despite the fact we, that we have a huge amount of international uh, capacity coming into the country. We have so many international cables landing in South Africa now, but regardless, it seems that there is uh, an over-dependence on wax, and that's caused uh, knock-on effects across many different services, um, including Facebook and uh, and Disney Plus, and I think probably TikTok as well, because okay. Disney Plus and TikTok use the same um, uh, content delivery network called okay. Akamai, and, uh, and there have been problems on Akamai. So, uh, yeah, the, for, for those who have been experiencing, uh, poor performance and, uh, and other disruptions to their internet, um, it, it could very well have been caused by this, uh, wax cable, this wax cable break. And hopefully by the, uh, you know, when it's repaired, um, that goes away. But sure. the repair is probably at least another week or two away. Okay. Um, the, the, the ship still has to make its way up the coast. It has to locate the break. Then it has to pull the cable up onto the deck of the ship, splice it, and then send it oh, back boy. down. And only then will it be repaired. The, the soonest, the, the, or rather the last estimated time to repair I saw was about 8 September. So uh, we're looking, you know, um, late in the second week of September okay. as the soonest uh, repair time. All right. So that explains that. And it also confirms what I've been experiencing, too, what you mentioned about loss of signal on certain platforms. But anyway, Jan, let's move on now to this ESCOM load shedding lie. What's going on here? Yes. So confirming something that we have noticed for a while and, and you know, we've written about and there was never an adequate explanation. It's that ESCOM mm. would, during its peak, evening peak statistics, say we implement stage four load shedding 
but the amount of load shared is 4,500 megawatts. Mm-hmm. And you go, no, but 4,500 megawatts is stage five load shedding. Anything over 4,000 megawatts is supposed to be stage five load shedding. That's what the, the, the information that ESCOM and the municipalities and everyone has put out says, right? Up to, so, so just to refresh everybody's memories, up to 1,000 megawatts of load shed across mm-hmm. the national grid is stage one load shedding. Up to 2,000 stage two, 3,000 stage three, and so on and so forth. Right. It, it turns out that is not true. That is, or at least not entirely accurate. Um, there, there is in fact, uh, the, the, or rather the mechanism that ESCOM has used is that, um, sta- stages of load shedding, um, uh, are actually linked to the amount of, um, uh, demand on the grid. Right. And so, and so that is why the amount of load shed. So stage four, essentially what's happened is that, um, you know, in terms of the amount of megawatt shed, stage six load shedding could be every anything from, you know, uh, stage six load shedding up to stage eight load shedding mm-hmm. over 7,000 megawatts. Right. And so, you know, the, the stage of load shedding declared does not give an accurate indication of just how much the grid has been impacted. Um, and <laughs> so this is something we've written about for some time. Yeah. And it turns out we were 100% Okay, so we seem to have had a break in transmission. We're going to try and get Jan back. Jan is talking. Yeah, I'm not sure if Jan can hear that we are not picking up Jan from this part of the world. He's telling us about the ESCOM load shedding. I was trying to wrap my mind around uh, what was going on there regarding the uh, megawatts and the gigabytes that are being spent. And what. Sorry, Jan, are you there? I am back. Thank huh. you very much. Okay, so Jan, so sorry about that. Uh, we seem to be really played by gremlins these days. You're in the middle of explaining this load shedding lie. And, okay, you got to a point where you were really breaking it down as to yes. your consumption in terms of, uh, of, of gigabytes. Or Sorry, maybe I've got the terminology <laughs> wrong. But please, get to take over from there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the megawatts, right? The so megawatts. I think I've, 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 I've laid that groundwork enough. And the bottom line is that it turns out we were right all along. Um, the, the, the fact is, um, so Vali Padiyachi, who, who is heading up, uh, or at least is, um, involved in the setting up of a whole new, um, load shedding code of practice yes. for South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna, um, set out a schedule all the way up to stage 16. Um, stage and, 16. <laughs> yeah. And, and, th- and this new load shedding code of practice. Right. Um, Instead of saying, you know, stage one is 1,000, stage two is 2,000, stage three is 3,000, and so yes. on and so forth, um, it, it says that it is 5% of um, the demand on the grid that has to be shared, right? So um, uh, that's stage one. Stage two is 10%. Stage three is 15%, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. It goes up at increments of five, oh, up to stage 16 where 80% of demand must be shared. And without getting into the nitty-gritty and the mathematics of it, yeah. there's a formula that makes complete sense about how this is calculated, um, but it means that that definition mm-hmm. of the amount of megawatts that makes up stage one versus stage two, yeah. you know, was going to change. Yeah. And so um, Padiachi explained, no, no, this is actually basically exactly how it already works, which is why 
um, we've seen these discrepancies um, in in Escom in the the data that Escom is putting out yeah. versus and you know the stage of load shedding it's declaring mm, versus mm-hmm. the amount of megawatts the actual megawatts being shed from the grid and so um, we've been we've been asking for years for an explanation for this thing mm. and they've told us we're crazy or you know mm. not in those words but you know yeah. that we're mistaken that we don't understand what's going on and mm, they mm, you know mm. they talk, talked about load curtailment and oh. all these other explanations yeah, yeah, when yeah. there was a perfectly reasonable explanation right. for why for why this was happening and they just weren't providing it now finally mm. we're in 2023 mm. and we have an explanation for what's actually been going on as crazy as it is Jan, as crazy as it sounds as crazy as you want us to comprehend it Jan, let's just keep going here and <laughs> put that aside and just absorb and just let that soak in as best as possible stop selling starlink and cut customers off because there's warning to south african isp Yes, so um, for those who might not have been following the story with us, there mm-hmm. is a local internet service provider called ITLEC in the Northern Cape that buys and provides Starlink services to um, rural uh, people in rural communities okay. um, who, who don't have any other form of internet access. I mean, right. or, or who okay. prefer Starlink for some reason, but right. usually it's because nothing else works out there. And uh, we don't have official Starlink support in South Africa because of regulatory problems. Mm. Um, it, it's uh, the, the the South African government and and uh, the local regulators just made it. Um, uh, I want to say challenging or, yeah. or um, made it complicated for Starlink to launch in South Africa. Mm. Um, in particular, there is a, uh, a BEE requirement that says that, um, you know, whoever um, gets an ISP license effectively in South Africa, a network uh, electronic communications network license is what it's called, yes. um, must have um, a 30% historically disadvantaged ownership, right? Um, uh, and we can, now is perhaps not the time to get into that, but we know that, um, that has unfortunately not been used to yes. truly promote, um, equity in South Africa and has in fact been used to just enrich middlemen, unfortunately. Mm, mm. And so, um, and so the, the Starlink, has not uh, does not sell directly into South Africa for that reason, and so ITLEC, provide ITLEC provided the uh, like a workaround okay. to this to this and now okay. another local regulator, ICASA, the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, has cracked down and uh, cracked the whip at least and said no, you must stop selling Starlink immediately. This mm. was now last week, Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to stop selling Starlink. Right. And, they had to cut, and they were instructed to cut customers off. Um, it, it, it really is wow. incomprehensible that, you know, people in these rural communities where, you know, Vodacom and MTN don't reach, there's no fiber. Mm. Um, there's definitely no Wi-Fi. Yeah. There's, there's really, this is the best option they have ever had. And now our regulator is saying, no, they, they must be cut off. It's um, it's, it's truly backwards thinking. Yeah, Kato, go defeating the purpose of the objective. That's what it really is, Jan. I mean, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. But anyway, Jan, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us once again on a Tuesday afternoon just to give us some background as to what's happening in this uh, technical world of ours, if you want to put it that way, regarding cable repair ships, the ESCOM 
load shedding lie. <laughs> really got to wrap one's mind around that as to exactly what we don't understand, according to the authorities, and now stopping of selling Starlink to, and cutting customers off. Starlink, the whole idea of so Starlink is to reach the people out there who are unreachable so that they can be reachable with the rest of the world. Because as warning South Africans, I speak to stop it. You be the judge. Let us know.